I acknowledge that the land I work, live, and play on is the unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Welcome to Van X Van, episode 60. I'm Doug Vandalay, your host, and back by popular demand, we have uh, Talia Murdoch, uh, who's here for another Touching Base with Talia, where we talk to her about some softer topics than she usually has to deal with for her podcast. I understand you brought some articles for us today. I have, I have. But, Hello. Yeah, first, first of all, how's it going, Talia? Yeah, it's going pretty good. Feeling a bit, um, feeling a bit flat this this last week. I think I might have a bit of a case of sad. That seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, probably should get one of those big old lights. But other than that, I'm going pretty good. Um, I went and saw a naturopath on the weekend, and she was fantastic. It kind of blew my mind. I learned that you create eighty percent of your serotonin in your lower intestine. So if you're eating foods that you're sensitive to, maybe you might feel depressed. And that might be part of it. Or maybe you are depressed and you need meds as well. And for the skeptics out there, you taught me something about naturopaths that I didn't know. Because I heard naturopath and I thought like... Like an- a homeopath. Anti- I thought anti-vaxxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I went out of curiosity and she explained naturopathy in BC anyway. And they do eight years of medical school and then become a naturopath. And so it's more about like food and your body as opposed to your GP who does nine hours of nutrition in their whole degree. So the, if you think about it, like the naturopath looks at the root cause and the GP looks at the symptoms and they are complementary to each other. Is that sort of like how I did eight years of architecture school and became a podcaster? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the, same the exact thing. same thing. Yeah. Like, well, compare to be fair to the listener, the listener out there, I did three years of film and journalism school three years of architecture undergrad and two years of architecture masters. And here we are. And here we are recording this podcast. In sunny you. Canada. In sunny Canada, season affected, seasonal affective disorder. Get out of here. Shall we jump into the first article you brought for me today? Yeah, let's do it. So this was pretty awesome. I found an article, another another animal gone astray back in back in the motherland of Australia. So this is the headline. Perth police officer forced to herd emu off Quinana Freeway. <laughs> Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about the Quinana Freeway? I will tell you about the Quinana Freeway. So in Perth, Perth is the capital city of Western Australia. It's where, it's where we're from. It's where we met. It's where we fell in love. But it's a shithole. Um, no offense to all of my friends there. You know how I feel. Anyway, so it's just this big freeway that pretty much goes through the middle of Perth from Joondalup, which is the most northern suburb, all the way down to... I mean, it goes all the way down south now. It ends... Oh, shit. Where does it end? Like, Bustleton? It ends when you turn into Forest Highway. But Quinata Freeway is the southern end. So it's Mitchell Freeway between Joondalup and Perth. Right. And then it's Quinana Freeway. And my family call it Banana Freeway because that's what my little brother used to call it when he was a toddler. That's cute. Um, shout out to Cam. Shout out to Cam. So yeah, it's just this big freeway. It is really busy. There's a lot of congestion on it. Um, it was built and then 
there was a lot of hate and it all cracked and it like had to be rebuilt. Like actual physical hate. Yeah, there was yeah. hate, like it was hot. And the contractors who built it tried to say like, no, we're not fixing it, but main roads, the government department who did did the project were really careful in their contract and they're like, well, you actually... But you worked for main roads. I did, I did, for a year, not on this. Yeah, so it's a really busy freeway and the area where this emu was found is an area near Russell Road in Success. Oh, so that's pretty close to the city. Six, sort of. Success is, is success is like 15 minutes out of town. It's like as far as we... It's is like it? as far as we are right now from Vancouver no, Central. I don't, I don't know if it is. It's not that close. Uh, I don't know. It's on the Guildford line, uh, train-wise, and it doesn't take that long to get there. Yeah, but like, okay, I'm going to show you a map right so now. Is it it's, a little closer to Guildford? It's in between Perth and Rockingham. Everything's in between. You could you could fit the United States of America between. It's Perth down and near Coburn and like Jandicott, where the I'm spud thinking, shed was. I'm thinking of Success Hill. Oh, so I've never even heard of that. Yes, Success Hill is next to Bassendine. Oh, there you go. And that's a bit closer. Yeah, that is on the on the red line. Yeah, uh, is everyone enjoying a little bit of Perth geography? Yeah, honestly, like, and especially if you're from Vancouver and you don't, and you hear me and Doug talk about how amazing the transit here is, open up a map of Perth. It's crazy. Just have a look at the shit that it's we're so dealing loopy. with. It There's no so grids anywhere. and squiggly. It's like someone played Mr. Squiggle and turned it into a city. You can take three left turns and be heading in the same direction. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, one fun thing about the Mitchell Freeway is usually roads sort of, when you get to the end of them, they, they naturally turn into tributaries and... and uh, what would you call them, like, off-ramps? Yeah. The Mitchell Freeway just ends yeah. in June July. It's just a massive re- brick wall, and everyone crashes into it, and it creates huge pile-ups every day. But seriously, it does just have, like, an end to it. It's super weird, hey? You yeah, kind of just, you can like, get off it. turn left, turn right. Yeah, we're at the end. It's not so much, like, it's around. It's one of the biggest freeways in the state. It might be different now. Maybe. I don't know. I think the roller drone was there. A Joondalup roller drone. Yeah, like, I yeah. used to go to raves at oh Joondalup roller drone. Oh my god. I didn't grow up in Perth, so I didn't do any of that. But I can imagine. That's where all the good raves were, Joondalup. Well, yeah, that's where they would have like future music festival and stuff. Oh, no, I'm not. I didn't go to those. Yeah, no, I know you're talking about ones you would go to in high school. And, I think like, I went to Future once. That's the New Year one, right? No, that's Origin. Origin. Uh, when I went to Origin, I saw. Public Enemy, and cool. I took Flavor Flav's hat off his head when what? he, when he uh, bent down to, like, rap at the crowd, and someone took it right off me and put it back on his head. Oh, that's nice of them. Yeah. Were you going to keep I it, or were you going to give it back? I don't know. I just grabbed it because I saw it. You're in the moment. Yeah, You're I was so, like, like hyped whoop. up. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. That was a fun event. Um, I've done shit like that, but not to famous people. Anyway. Yeah, so there was an emu around success. This is, like... An 80 kilometer an hour section of the freeway. Lots of trucks around this area because they're going that, down south to get to the port. 50 miles per hour in Freedom Unit. Yeah, so pretty speedy. Um, so it's obviously not there anymore. Yeah. Um, they got got rid of it a while ago. This was back in October. When you said there was an emu on the Quinana freeway, I was imagining we were in the bush. 
but oh yeah no we're in the city but that's what i mean like that area is kind of remote in itself even though it's, it's remote part of but it's suburb Perth. it's the suburbs so that's yeah. like seeing a mountain lion on cedar sky yeah i don't know how it got there because there's this big so there's the thomas lake nature reserve which i've never been to but that russell road goes through that before you get to the freeway so i don't know if there are some (laughs) i hope so probably not i don't know if there are like emus living in that place which would be pretty cool if they are it's also the harry wearing marsupial reserve we should do an episode about marsupials one day an episode of this about marsupials yeah just talking about different types of marsupials maybe i'll pitch it on pvp <laughs> and this episode of annex man we talk about marsupials <laughs> marsupial news <laughs> okay this is um, my new podcast pitch we're canceling this podcast and we're just reviewing episode by episode every episode of totally wild do you remember that show no i don't totally wild was an after-school kids show in australia where real-life people, they would go to zoos and wildlife sanctuaries uh, and interview people there. Except the co-host was a cat puppet called Medigliano, who is from the Ferals. Oh, yeah. And she's I like, know her. She's like a, a bogan, which is an Australian redneck cat. She is my mum. Yeah. Straight up. But the listeners don't know your mum. <laughs> but <laughs> Medigliano's voice is like this, like, Hello and welcome to Totally Wild. That was really good i've done it a lot because i used to pretend my cat had that uh that voice and it was yeah it was kind of a a serious let's go talk to this wombat sanctuary and then medigliano would try and interview the wombat it's actually a really charming show but anyway that's what this podcast is about now we talk about medigliano and her looks all right she's the miss piggy of australia essentially yeah yeah look up modigliano the cat yeah or just look up feral tv oz or the ferals, it's yeah. all the same. Um, so there's two things of this in two two bits in this article that I want to quote that I loved. Oh, it also made its way onto train lines. So that's the other thing about which train line it goes to success, the Mandra line. Yeah. So this is the thing about the train in Perth is it just goes up the guts. So there's two lines up the guts up the guts of the freeway. Yeah. No one fucking lives on the freeway. Which is why the transit system is so shit, because it, the trains, which are the most efficient way to get around, compared to buses when there's just so much congestion because the road network sucks, the trains don't actually go to where people live. They just go up and down the Except freeway. Except for the Fremantle and Guildford lines. Because they're old. Yeah, they're the good lines. They're old lines. Yeah. So this new one was put in to like ease congestion and stuff, but people still have to get on all of these buses or like drive to the train, which could be a 20-minute drive from your house to the train. Anyway, so it went onto the train line, also called delays. Little scamp. I think this emu's name is probably like Eddie the emu or Ellie the emu. Is it still alive? Did they hurt the emu? It's still alive. And okay, so my favorite part of this article. It says footage of a traffic officer ushering the animal to the side of the road was shared by the Bell Tower Times. (laughs) So Perth now is trash journalism, but it is news the bell tower times is facebook satire yeah the bell tower times is like the onion yeah it makes up stories about the like classic perth mum or like the bogan tradie and stuff and this article is referencing them which i think is hilarious little fun fact about the bell tower if you look up perth bell tower it's a cool little piece of architecture in the year 2000 they got every child in west australia that was in primary school 
or elementary school to sign uh, these, well, just to send in their signatures. Yeah. And they were put alphabetically by school on the tiles around the bell tower. Those tiles got ripped up, uh, and it was really tragic for a while, but then they installed this installation that was a bunch of Corten steel, which is really popular steel in Australia. If you don't know, Corten is a kind of like a, a steel with a, a layer of, I can't remember what it is, but it oxidizes almost instantly in the contact with air. So it forms a layer of protective rust over itself. Cool. So there's a lot of stuff in Australia because Australians love the look of rust. That looks rusted, but it's made of really strong steel that's protected. Uh, anyway, there's this sculpture made out of Corten with all of the uh, signatures on it. So if you're in Perth, you can... Well, you won't be able to find me because I've got a different name than I did back then. Yeah. But you'll be able to find Talia Murdoch under... you find me. What, Dongra? No, I was at Useless Loop Primary School when that happened. So yeah, look for Useless Loop Primary School. You would have been eight, eight so you would have been in year three. Look up the uh, third third graders. The oh, year we weren't split. Oh yeah, there's probably there like ten like people 10 at your school. Kids in my school. Yeah. So it's just a bunch of names. If you send me a photo of my name on there, I'll figure out some kind of prize for you. Yeah. If you got to find it. It's a really fun thing to do. Like every time you go there, is to go and find your name, and then you're like, oh, let's go find my boyfriend's name. <laughs> And yeah. send them a photo. It got they got ripped up because there was they did a like big project on the waterfront. Yeah, the, part of the key. Elizabeth Key. So should it was we, all for a good cause. Should we go to the next? Yeah, let's so get let's, let's get out of Perth. Let's go on to the next one. Out of Perth. Oh, is it still in Perth? No, no, out of Perth into Victoria. Victoria, Australia. Victoria, BC. Ooh, the capital. Capital, yeah. All right, this one is. Oh my god, amazing! No, we're in Abbotsford. No, okay. Well, th- those are two completely different places. The guy is from Abbotsford. Okay. BC man breaks back, drags body through forest for three days. That's tragic. That's horrible. What a champion, though. Yeah. What a what an absolute hero. Like, what a bloody legend. How freaking tough do you have to be? What should we call him? The monthly unit? The monthly unit. Oh, I love it. All right. So every time you're going to bring on the monthly unit. So he fell out of a large tree, like a 50-feet tree. What? Which he says, this is a lot farther than I expected. He remembered thinking as he accelerated toward the ground. <laughs> Record scratch, freeze frame. Yeah. Yep, that's me. I bet you're wondering like... how I ended up here. <laughs> or I tried to get up, but my legs didn't work. This guy's Canadian. Yeah. Hey, try but to I, get up, but my, my... I, ca- I can't. I can't do it. I, I can't really do Canadian either. I just do Fargo. Oh, yeah. And then, so this is the other thing as well. This is just like classic BC hippie style. He would have used his cell phone to call for help, but he had two backpacks that he'd thrown away because he had no intention of needing the items in them ever again. So I don't know if he was going like... Wait, he had two backpacks with them. He had and two he backpacks. Threw both his backpacks away. One of them had his phone in it. Is this a botched suicide attempt? I don't know. No. Hey there, lovely listeners. I'm Talia Murdoch, and I'm here to tell you about my show, Everything Economics. Every week, I talk about the world around you, specific social and economic issues, and dive into how fantasy realms would work in real life. That's Everything Economics on the Cave Goblin Network. Yeah, scream for help. Yells are muffled because it's like a dense forest. If anyone's been there. Hey, this reminds me of a story. 
that I read on Cracked uh, from World War Two, and I asked my granddad if it was true, and he said that it was, because my granddad was in the RAF, and there was this RAF pilot who ejected from his craft uh, somewhere, I think, over France, and his parachute didn't deploy, and he landed and broke his leg, just his leg. No parachute. And he what? Was, he was taken into a prisoner of war camp, and then the Germans let him go because they were like, you know what? Good this job. This is a superhuman. Yeah, well done. Oh, my God. Slow clap for the, uh, yeah, they let him go. And apparently he was pretty famous. He fell out of a fell out of an aeroplane and landed and broke his leg, but he was fine. That is wild. Well, it's like one in a million shot. Yeah, it really is. Probably less than one in a million. Because what's this supposed to be? Five stories is terminal velocity? If you drop jumping out of a five story building is the same as jumping out of a fifty story oh, okay. building. Okay, that's yeah, right. After four stories or so, you pick up the same amount of of uh, momentum and speed that you would from any amount of stories. So he was probably going. What What did he do? Like, did he hit some trees? Maybe there must have been something I mean, that he, stopped his fall. He was he was unit of the month for the monthly unit for a long time. For decades, I'd say. Yeah. Well, time time is sped up now with technology. Yeah, exactly, exactly. A month is quicker. Um, yeah. So this guy like was just thinking, "I'm gonna die in the forest," and then he remembers hearing the words of his late father-in-law, said, "Do whatever you have to do, but crawl if you have to." And then he decided, "If I'm gonna die here, I'm at least gonna try and live." So his father's dying words were literally advice for this exact situation no like i think he heard the voice and it was his father-in-law like a blue hologram yeah yeah where his it's father like, appeared as a force ghost yeah yeah his father appeared as a ghost was he recast he still by had his hayden hologram is his device. father hayden christensen because we're in vancouver he lives here yes hayden i would love for you to come on this show i unironically love the prequels i thought you were great in them Doug is probably one of your biggest fans, honestly. Yeah, I follow the Hayden Christensen fan page yeah. on, on Twitter. No bad words about you in this house, thank you very much. Yeah, you're a perfect angel. A miracle baby from your mother, Shmi. And then, so this article gives, like, full-on details about this guy's life, which I'm not going to go into, because... They're on the article, we're not doxing him. The yeah, link's true. in the show notes, if you want to. Oh, you know what? What? I think he might be right. Suicide attempt? Yeah. Because it says he returned to his cabin. Yeah. So he had a he had a rough life. He was very depressed. Yeah, he had a rough life. He returned to his cabin, climbed about one third of the way up a nearby 150 foot tree and jumped. But then, like, this is the thing, right? What's that documentary about people who survived jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge? Yeah. And they all say, these are obviously the people who survived, that the second they jumped, they regretted it instantly yeah they realized that they realized... all of the problems in her life could be solved yeah like that's not the last so really... new lease on life yeah you're the the unit of the month the monthly unit yeah and you just which did one's this... better what should we do unit of the month or monthly unit well, i think you know what these are going to come out every 10 weeks so two and a half months the qu- the quarterly unit <laughs> <laughs> well it's not quarterly well, it almost is. It almost is, I guess. We'll think of something. If you've got any ideas, you Unit can tweet 2.5. at Vanex Van. Yeah, tweet at Vanex Vancast. 
or because Van Eyck's fan was taken and they will not respond to DMs. But yeah, this is like intense. Also, join our Discord. You can find the link um, in the link below or bit.ly forward slash CGN Discord. Help in the Van X Van channel and uh, help us name this thing. I'd love a theme song. We can put that on the air as well. Yeah. For the Touching Base with Talia episodes, which I've just now decided, they're on the 10. So you can expect another one, episode 70. All right. They're on the 10. On the 10. He even survived, like, a young black bear had been stalking him. What? Just all of this crazy shit. Like, we'll link these articles in the in the show notes so you can go and read the details. But, yeah, he crawled his way out. This guy's chosen. Someone by... found him. Is this a Highlander? This is a Highlander who wants to die and can't. Maybe. And he needs to be killed by another Highlander. Is this Duncan MacLeod? No, it's not Duncan oh, MacLeod. But I think his initials are DM. No way. Oh, no, his initials are DA. Okay. Duncan MacLeod isn't even the main Highlander. I don't know why I picked him. He even started, like, tripping because obviously he was in so much pain and hadn't been eating or drinking anything. And he thought that, like, thorns and stuff were swamp monsters. Sounds like a really rough time, but he made it out. Good on him. It's just wild. Like, I just can't imagine. I mean... Something happens when you go into just full-on survival mode, right? Like, yeah. I can't ever imagine doing that. But I'm sure if that happened to me, I probably would try to do everything to get out. Like, I remember talking to my sister once about how if I got kidnapped, like, I'd be fucked. She was like, no, you would fight your way out. Like, you would find a way. Never let them bind you. Never let them put you in handcuffs. Never, never let them take you to a second location. Because these are all precursors that they're probably going to kill you anyway so you may as well fight back yeah exactly unless you're really wealthy or have uh some kind of political standing in which case they will ransom you yeah but if you're just some some rando and there's a guy in your house and he's like put these handcuffs on and i'll leave he's not gonna leave don't do it don't do it don't do it he's gonna kill you anyway you may as well punch him in the dick punch him in the dick Punch him in the throat. Uh-huh. Stab him. Just do what you can. I mean, yeah, do, do, do what you got to do. Call the police, number one. Yes. If you can do that. Try and get them away so you can call the police. Just get just get it and get out if you can. Yeah, anyway, or, or just get out. Let's, uh, shall we move on to article um, number three? Yeah, so that was, that was hectic. So this one I just thought was really funny. The article is long. Which we don't need to talk about the whole article because you and I know the contents of it a lot. Space aliens are breeding with humans, university instructor says. Where, Scientists where, where say did otherwise. You find this one, the new Agora? <laughs> this is NBC News. NBC News? Yeah. Wait, is NBC News a reputable source these days? I don't know. What's fake news and what's real news, honestly? <laughs> But so, so basically, there is this one professor who's saying, like, you know, all of this stuff that people are What's claiming. Young Hei Chi, who okay. teaches Korean at the university in University of Oxford in England, believes so the abductions Oxford, are real. Oxford University professor on NBC News says people are being abducted by aliens for a hybrid breeding program. Yes, hybrid breeding program. That's the important part. Uh huh. Um, because 6% of Americans claim to have been abducted. 6%? That seems high. Well... Think about how many people do you think you know? A hundred? Yeah. Six of them have been abducted by aliens. 
You know, I don't think it's that wild. A lot of people have had these kind of experiences. And I think some of them are obviously not true. But at the same time, we don't know exactly what, like, aliens are. So even if it is like you're just laying in bed and you've got this, like, mental thing going on, is that still real? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... You're saying 48 people that I follow on Twitter have been abducted by aliens. Plus, statistically, yes. Statistically. That's not really how stats work. That's just not how stats work. It's probably Um, more like 50. Yeah, so there's a... If the alien abducts you, don't let it handcuff you. No. (laughs) Fight the alien. If the alien comes in your house and says... I don't know if you should fight it. Like, we don't know what they want. Well, if it's trying to handcuff you... I guess if it's like, yeah, If the alien's trying to handcuff you, you fight back. Yeah. But if it's trying to take you a second in location, i.e. abduction. Yeah. Who's so to say? That's true. There's a few explanations for the breeding experiments. They're in a reproductive bind on their home world, so they can't successfully procreate. So they're coming to Earth to Did, use humans. Is there any info of which kind of the of the aliens? Because I know there's a few different kinds of aliens that are accepted among the alien... The, what would you call the pro-alien community? As in believe there are aliens oh i don't know just right. the the believer community <laughs> all right okay so so this this professor this instructor he seems to think he knows what the aliens want yeah he thinks that they're creating alien human hybrids and i fucking love this theory as a hedge against climate change what like climate change on earth yeah but okay how does a hybrid alien human prevent or delay climate change yeah so that it's not so much about preventing or delaying it's about survival over the past decades he notes that the number of reported alien abductions have risen oh so they're making them so that when the climate changes those people will be able to survive yeah yeah and get all of the resources that exist in earth because it's not like and then send them to the aliens yeah it's not like um uranium is going to disappear that's insidious it is yeah well but i'm into it I, I dig the theory i get most of my alien uh alien info from the last podcast on the left yeah and some people theorize well the people people who believe in aliens you might be one of them you might not uh think that aliens started becoming interested in earth when we developed the atom bomb because we learned how to split that when we learned how to split the atom because we suddenly became dangerous oh yeah yeah they're like well okay these people before they were pretty primitive they were just coming uh for the alien tourism to see our beautiful national parks yeah. uh to go to uh six flags because earth is special earth is special it's beautiful we have adventure world in perth they were trying to go there. Yeah, they just wanted to go on like a cool roller coaster. They wanted to go on Bounty's Revenge. Some water slides. Yeah. They wanted to like get into what a politics. silly name, Bounty's Revenge. It doesn't really make any it sense, doesn't, does, does it? it? It's a pirate ship that swings back and forth. It doesn't even go over its axis. I think they got rid of it. Anyway, what more is there to this alien story? You can find it in the show notes if you'd like to look into this and check the sources. But yeah, so it says he doesn't. He doesn't imply a cause and effect. The abduction experiment is not responsible for global warming. Rather, it's a reaction to it. The extraterrestrials are producing hybrids that can better withstand the rigors of a toastier planet. By they, producing, they use the word toastier? They sure do. By producing a new model of 
Homo sapiens, this project will eliminate the need for difficult climate accords or elaborate geoengineering projects. It would also help the aliens themselves, who are said to be living among us, by preserving the part of their DNA that's carried by the temperature-tolerant hybrids. So, like, there's already alien hybrids, and now they're just making, like, better alien hybrids. Are any <laughs> famous people alien hybrids? Probably. Except for be. people like Matley and Thor. Yeah, but you know, like, MK Ultra. Like, yeah. I wonder... I don't know anything about Project Blue Book, but I know that was the, like... It's being filmed in Vancouver. Yeah, it's being filmed here. We had dinner with... Aiden Gillen. What's his face? Littlefinger. He, he had dinner with his son at a table next to our table. Yeah, we had dinner with him. Yeah, it was a very mutual outing for the both of us. But then... And I was sit- he was sitting behind us. Well, behind me and in front of you. And I just kept hearing his voice. Oh, it was so... It was so great. Yeah. I've never really, I'm just like... hearing freaking Littlefinger. Yeah, I've never had a celebrity encounter, really. Um, so that was really fun. Now, the the journalist is responsible. They say, of course, human-alien hybrids, no matter how well adapted to a warmer world, don't address the crux of the climate change problem. So they're talking about, you know, we need to do other shit. Well, yeah, we need the non-hybrids to survive, too. And the animals. Because the Earth's going to be fine. It's just everything on it that's screwed. Well, yeah, exactly, which is, like, not good. Yeah. Um, I don't want everything to go extinct. But I'm pretty excited about the human-alien hybrid program. You're going to try and apply for the program? No, no. I don't want to be in this program, but I would like to meet someone who has been born out of this program. uh, You can tweet at Talia, at Talia Murdoch. Yeah. I'm an alien hybrid, and I would like to come on Everything Economics. Yeah, tell me your experience. Like, we don't want to have a biological child. For a number of reasons. Wouldn't it be cool if we could... Ad- you, wait, like, you want to adopt an adult uh, human-alien hybrid? No, like, they're inseminating people. You want to be inseminated by an alien? I don't want to be inseminated. Okay. I'm saying, like, what if we could adopt an alien-human baby? That would be I don't, cool. That, that's a lot of responsibility. But it would just be so interesting. I guess then we wouldn't... If, if, if that turned out to be true, and this professor's hypothesis is true, that would mean... That we don't have to be worried about our child's future in the climate apocalypse. Yeah, because it'll be cool. It'll have like well, I don't, it'll I don't still know what have it will a t- have. it will still have a crap time because we won't be able to like go to the movies. But it can make its own movies. It can survive. It can be the Scorsese of the new generation. What do you think it is that these alien human hybrids have that will make them? They can just handle the heat, baby. Handle the heat. I think is definitely part of it. They're probably better. At breathing in CO2 yeah, as opposed to oxygen. They probably don't need to eat as much because food is going to be tough. To if find. you're experiencing these symptoms, reach out to Tali Murdoch Call at Tali Murdoch. 1-800-ALIEN-HYBRID-PROGRAM.NET.COM. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, this has turned into a completely different kind of show than the usual regular programming if you've listened this far thanks so much we usually just yeah, do three articles right yep that's the three that's what i got for you this week i just I, that article popped up for me and i just had to bring it on thanks talia well i can't wait to hear in episode 70 what you've got uh in store for us can't wait to can't wait to do it thanks for listening to van x van you can find me on twitter at doug vandalay and the show at van x vancast if you enjoyed the show 
please consider leaving us a review on Podchaser or iTunes. It's the best way for us to grow at no cost to you. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cavegoblins. I'm Doug Vandalay. See you next time. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.